0: From Washington, this is Talking Tax, I'm David Schultz. Regulators in the UK have been grappling with how to improve audits and financial reporting since the collapse of construction giant Carillion in 2018. Since then, a series of accounting scandals with BHS, Thomas Cook, and others have only fueled calls for a new regulator with more teeth who could serve up tougher audit and oversight enforcement. Brexit, followed by the coronavirus pandemic, have all delayed progress on meaningful reforms. But this week, the UK's market regulator announced a potentially big shift in the conversation. The UK's Financial Reporting Council ordered the largest four accounting firms to separate their auditing operations from their consulting practices by 2024. This seems like a really big deal. But is it? To find out, we spoke to Bloomberg tax correspondent Michael Kapoor, Kapoor lives in a suburb north of London, along with his new puppy, Rupert, who you might hear in the background of our interview. Michael spoke to Talking Tax host Amanda Icone about what the FRC actually did, and why it might not be as aggressive an action as it actually appears.
1: Well, the most important thing is that after fighting uh, the, the uh, separation of their audit from their consulting units pretty hard, the big four are actually saying, okay, we will do this and we will set up a completely separate audit arm. Um... Which will, not, which will work completely independently of the consulting side. And the idea about this, of course, is that it gives, uh, gives observers some reassurance that actually the firms won't simply do a soft audit to get uh, consulting business out of their clients, which is done by a separate part of the, of the firm. I think it's been greeted as a, an extremely soft deal. Um, It is important that the big four have backed down and said, yes, we will separate out our auditing activities. But actually, when you look at the small print, it turns out they're still allowed to do consulting arms, just a majority or 50 odd percent of the income has to come from audit. The rest can come from consulting. Staff can be seconded between consulting and audit units. So actually, it's not fair to say that actually there's a separate auditing firm. It is simply a a pretty loose division within the existing firms still reporting to the overall firm boss and so on. So a lot of observers are actually saying, well, actually, this is simply not a convincing separation of the audit from the consulting function. It's symbolically important. Um, And it does show that the big accounting firms are trying to make it clear that auditing is a separate and independent business. But few people are convinced it will really separate auditing from consulting at the big firms. I think really it's been seen as being a little bit of a sop by the big firms to head off threatened and much tougher government legislation, forcing them to split off their audit arms completely.
2: Well, So let's step back there. Why doesn't this really move the needle um, why is this just a symbolic change?
1: It doesn't actually. I think it's probably not true to say that it doesn't move the needle. I think it's more true, more true to say that it's a small blip okay. in the needle. But as I say, I think symbolically this is quite an important move. I think there have been a whole series of big auditing scandals over in the UK. And some of them are quite notorious. There was a big retailer called BHS, which went bust, and it turned out the PWC audit partner only spent two hours reviewing the audit files. So, of course, people are saying, look, this is a joke. There's no serious checking of the book's going on, um, that this is just becoming a tick box exercise for these, uh, perhaps for these consulting clients. And then I think really the government said enough in 2018 when a big outsourcing company called uh, Carillion went bust with no warning at all from its auditors, absolutely damning parliamentary report into collapse of Carillion talked about KPMG the auditors complete failure to challenge management about the weakness of account of, of auditing regulation and so on and really at that point the conservative government just said okay enough we've got to change this we've got to sort out the audit market it commissioned a whole series of reports which recommended some pretty big changes including this complete separation of audit from consulting activities to get rid of this conflict of interest, tougher audit, tougher audit regulation, and so on, assuade the fairly drastic market reforms. And the government still says it intends to pass these, but actually it hasn't done a thing since 2018 because it's been held up by Brexit and election, and now by the uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, which is essentially... Uh, stopped it from passing any legislation. So really, things have stalled.
2: Well, I'm glad you brought up, Carillion. I mean, I feel like we've been talking about audit reform and the specter of audit reform since, you know, forever. And it's a good reminder of how we got here. Let's talk about some of those other reforms that have been suggested by those reports that Parliament sponsored. Complete separation of the audit and consulting practices is just one of those reforms. What are some of the other ideas that have been floated?
1: The government is being very careful not to say that it will actually go ahead with all of the things proposed by the three in total reports it commissioned into the audit market. I think something something most people expect it to do is to set up a completely new and much tougher um, accounting regulator which for some reason or other it's decided to call agar, like an old-fashioned cooker. Um, But this would have much more widespread powers to find not just accountants, but for example, the CEOs of companies involved in an accounting scam or something like that. The present regulator can only actually sanction registered auditors and accountants, in other words, qualified accountants. So I think most people would expect the government at some stage to go ahead with setting up this new tougher regulator. Then I think in terms of the audit market, the major report was by the Competition and Markets Authority. And it really suggested a whole range of measures designed to make auditing tougher and more impartial. So it said that the big four firms should actually have completely separate audit units operating quite independently of the consulting side. Actually, it left its advice open. It said that pragmatically, the easiest way to do this might be simply to have a so-called operational split. So they're still owned by the same firms, but they operate quite separately, so-called Chinese walls. Um, But actually, it also said that they should come back and revisit this question in a few years' time with a view to possible full sale of the audit units so that the audit units are separate and are completely independent firms, not owned by the KPMGs and the PwC. So that's quite a drastic reform, which the the big firms have, have fought pretty hard. It also introduced a requirement for joint auditors for the large stock exchange listed companies, which would mean that the books of these companies are signed off not just by the one auditor, but by two separate auditing firms. And the idea of this was not just to Increase audit scrutiny, but also to get firms from outside the big four into the big listed company market. At the moment, most of the largest uh, stock exchange listed companies are audited by the big four. There's a real danger. They're saying that actually, if one of the big four collapsed, there'd simply be uh, not enough firms there to audit the big companies. And so they want to get some of the mid-sized firms in Grant, Thornton, BDO, perhaps Mazar, the French, the French firm, into this market, initially as joint auditors, then actually that the, the hope is that they would build up the uh, experience to be able to handle these big audits by themselves. I think there's a whole swathe of measures here. I think they're also actually talking about extending, this was a separate report by by, by Brydon, um extending the scope of the audit report Because at the moment, only the historical financials of financials for the past year are audited. There's a lot of talk about things like the uh, management statements and the interim financials and so on being audited as well. Because at the moment, those figures are completely unchecked and also finding ways to actually uh, make the accounts relevant to a much broader audience that, at the moment. At the moment, by law, accounts are only aimed at investors or the shareholders of the companies. And actually, everyone is saying, come off it. Um, not only are there big areas like sustainability, which aren't being audited, but there's a huge audience for these accounts, from employees to suppliers, who are simply being ignored by the formal audit. And so really what the government is saying is, well, look, we need to make audits a lot tougher as they stand. We also need to take another look at the whole question of what is an audit trying to achieve, who is it aimed at, which parts of the the company's statements need to be checked. So the promise is of really far-ranging reforms. Um, As I say, nothing has happened yet because there's been no parliamentary times because of the various crises. And what the FRC, the accounting regulator, has been trying to do is to force the pace of reform in advance of legislation. No legislation has been passed, therefore nothing has happened. Therefore, the FRC is saying, well, let's see what we can do to improve matters in the meantime
2: it's interesting that the frc is doing this i mean there's no regulatory requirement at this point this is a voluntary agreement between the regulator an outgoing regulator and the big four um does any of it actually improve the quality of the audit itself i mean are there concerns that it's enough
1: it's a very good question and some people are certainly not convinced that the government proposals as they stand would do that. Um, I think the move by the FRC in this voluntary agreement with the Big Four um, over separating out audits, at least to some extent, is designed to deal with quite a specific problem, this suspicion that they're doing soft audits in return for consulting business and to remove that perceived conflict of interest. So I would say that's a a useful move, not by itself enough, to mend audits. Um, I think... It's important to remember that the scandals have all been about the big firms in particular not obeying the existing regulations. So in other words, Carillion, BHS, Wirecard more recently, um, that's not a question of audit regulation, the audit regulations as they stand. That's a question of the auditors uh, taking the mickey and not bothering to do the work. Um, that many people would say shows a really big problem where you have a cosy club between the big accounting firms and the big stock exchange listed companies, and so they're all in bed together, and they wouldn't be too nasty to each other to uh, to avoid upsetting the, uh, the rather lucrative apple cart. Um, I think there are the Labour Party actually called for far more radical reforms, including the complete selling off of. Uh, are uh, the audit arms, not just an operational separation. But one of their points is they actually wanted to take away companies' ability to uh, to, chain, to to choose their own auditors. They're saying, look, if you can choose your mates at a big four firm to to check your books, they're going to do a nice soft job for you. Therefore, some sort of public, perhaps, body, independent of companies and of the audit firms, should be uh the the institution to hire an auditor so there are a lot of people who are saying that this swathe of reforms that would change auditing and corporate reporting by by a lot actually would not fix the essential problem of soft auditing
2: i want to circle back to this idea of competition um the uk already has mandatory audit rotation We've seen some of the smaller firms, some of the you know secondary tier firms pick up additional audit clients over the past year or so. I wonder, does this voluntary agreement that the big four struck with the FRC, does this give a competitive edge to those other global network firms who might want a piece of their client base i mean does it make it easier for bdo or grant thornton to pick up clients or make more money um how might this shift that competitive landscape in the uk
1: um the short answer is it won't shift it at all um there's a clear pattern Um, It was actually an EU requirement after the financial crisis. The EU's been trying to improve auditing and accounting standards since the financial crisis. And auditor rotation, firms being forced to change their auditors occasionally, is a part of that to to try and break down this rather over-cosy relationship. Um, I think in terms of allowing extra firms into the market, the various things we've been seeing, especially auditor rotation, have allowed BDO in particular to pick up some of the smaller stock exchange-listed companies, some of the mid-caps. All of the 100 biggest FTSE companies are audited by the big four. That's actually got worse over the past couple of years. And something like 92% of the 350 largest are audited by the big four as well. So actually, the mid-sized firms, for all the talk, aren't in this market. Um, John Thornton says it's not worth bidding because it never wins and it's costing his fortune to bid. So it's still not bidding. Mazar is a French company that acts as joint auditors for a lot of large French multinationals, um, but has absolutely no FTSE 350 clients. It's not in the market. So all you have seen is BDO picking up a handful of mid-cap companies, there is absolutely no sign that the big force dominance of large company auditing is being dented. There is absolutely nothing in this FRC agreement that would allow the mid-sized firms into this. A point widely made, and I think accepted by the mid-sized firms themselves, is that actually there's no reason why this uh, audit spin-off should be restricted to the big four. So I think we will see certainly Grant Thornton and BDO joining in this move at some stage if the government doesn't legislate in the meantime.
2: You mentioned earlier that th- that in some ways this is an effort to head off legislation that might be much more strict and take a much harsher stance than this agreement. Uh, do you? Th- it, it, what's the calculus there? I mean, is that a Is that right? I mean, will this be enough to defer, delay or kill any legislation that might be brewing in Parliament?
1: I think, of course, there's been an election and although it's still a conservative government, a change of business secretary and prime minister um, since these plans were first drawn up. There is a definite suspicion that the government is cooling towards passing audit legislation. There's not much sign of a a strong appetite for it. The present business secretary has had absolutely nothing to say about it. The government is very short of parliamentary time to get any of these moves through. So there is a suspicion that actually the government could be running out of energy and time for audit reform. Therefore, the cynical take on this FRC move is, well, look, it allows the big four to say we've created a separate audit arm, But actually what the big four want to continue doing is offering audit alongside all sorts of other services such as tax and IT consulting. Under this scheme, it still gets to do all of those things. It can even use the same staff on the consulting and audit side. Its audit side itself can still do consulting work. So it's changed the form. It can say, look, we've listened, we've actually uh, created completely separate audit divisions which actually allow them to get exactly what they want, which is not to change their structure or their activities.
2: I'm glad you brought up tax. I wondered about that. Which side of the business would the tax practice li- end up on? Was it, Would it be considered part of the audit practice or is it considered a, a consulting service?
1: It would largely be considered a consulting service. Um, I was saying earlier on that the FRC has been trying to tighten up on thing things while we wait for the for legislation and one of the things it has done is tightened up very much on the list of activities that the uh, the large accounting firms are allowed to do for their audit clients. So they're not allowed to do much for their actual audit clients. Um, any tax consulting business would, would probably go on the consulting side except perhaps for some very minor filing of returns and so on, it would be considered part of the audit order business.
2: So Michael, what happens next? Where does this go from here? The the firms have four years to parse the operations of their audit and consulting arms. And that's it? I mean, the end of story? Um, what comes next?
1: Um, it is, of course, a question everybody is asking. And actually, the first question they ask is, well, why do they need four years to achieve this relatively straightforward <laughs> split that they've right. known is is coming for two years already? So they've actually set themselves an amazingly relaxed time scale. They have to draw up plans over the next year. Those plans should already be there. Two years ago, I was being told by the big four that they'd actually drawn up contingency plans for this split. So I think it's fair to say they're heel jagging and there might be heel jagging in the hope that uh, the fuss will will die down a bit. In theory, what should happen is that these plans will be superseded by government legislation, either forcing them to sell off the audit side or forcing a rather more convincing operational split between audit and consulting. So I think the fear is that what's going to happen over the next four years is not very much, and eventually we'll see this rather soft split of the audit side. In theory, actually, this will all be superseded by much tougher tougher government action, forcing the, uh, a, a rather more emphatic split.
0: That was Michael Kapoor speaking with Talking Tax host Amanda Icone from his home outside London. You can find up to the minute news on the latest tax and accounting developments at our website news.bloombergtax.com. That website once again is news.bloombergtax.com. And If you have any thoughts about what you just heard or really about anything else, get in touch with us on Twitter. We use the handle at tax. Talking Tax is produced by Amanda Icone and David Schultz. Kathy Larson is our editor. From Washington, I'm David Schultz. Thanks for listening. Hey there, I'm Kyle Trigstad, politics editor for Bloomberg Government. And I'm Greg Giroux, senior elections reporter for Bloomberg Government check out our podcast, Down Ballot Counts. Each week, Greg and I will be breaking down all of those down ballot elections that make up the fight for the U.S. Congress. Listen and subscribe to Down Ballot Counts from Bloomberg Government wherever you get your podcasts.